What's happening, guys? Welcome to the Kiss the Ring podcast brought to you by Trophy Smack. I am your host. My name is Memphis Young. You can follow me on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. And on tonight's show, we're going to talk about commissioning, but commissioning at the biggest level. My guest tonight is Mr. Ryan McDowell, and we're going to talk about the Scott Fishbowl. But if you don't know Ryan, first of all, shame on you. You should know Ryan. He's a legend and an OG in this in this fantasy game that we love so much. And you can follow Ryan on Twitter at RyanMC23. He is a fantasy football and dynasty writer. He's a commissioner, a podcaster. He hangs out with the good people of the DLF Football Network. He's the co-host of the Locked On Dynasty and so much more. It's been a little while, but uh, Mr. McDowell, welcome to the Kiss the Ring. You've been on the Dynasty War Zone, but welcome to Kiss the Ring. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be on uh, a new show, a uh, new show for me at least. Uh, but yeah, as you said, we've we've chatted before a few times, so it's it's new, but it's old. And uh, I'm glad to be here to talk some commish, talk some SFB, and you know, it's that time of year. It, it's all kicking kicking off here, and it feels great. You know, uh, I was trying to explain the Scott Fishbowl to my son's baseball coaches the other day. Okay. They were like, because like, if, if you don't know, you know, like baseball dad life, someone has to keep the digital scorebook. It's called Game Changer. Yeah. yeah I'm the Game Changer dad. And, and normally I keep the Game Changer on my phone because, you know, they add me to the admin staff and whatever. Yeah, super yeah. easy. But I was like, hey, I need your phone. I was like, I got to keep it on your phone. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, I might have to make a draft pick. <laughs> and I, I can't go from game changer to, 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 you know, the, the, I, I'm on MFL. I'm doing the MFL version, yeah. big sleeper guy, but I'm, I'm on the MFL. So I had to explain to them Scott Fishbowl, but how's Scott Fishbowl going? Oh, it's going great. Going great. I actually uh, was telling you before we uh, got started here, I was actually just, just chatting with Scott himself uh, about how the leagues are going, how, uh, how things went in general this year, you know, some of the drafts are done, some still going. In fact, one even kicked off just today. Um, but from from our standpoint, for the most part, we're we're kind of done, right? We've we've done the hard part. We set up the league, recruited the the uh, over three thousand people to play in the league, and got everyone placed. Got every single draft started, uh, and, and as I said, some of them already finished. So yeah, we can kind of sit back and relax now, at least uh, for a couple of weeks uh, before the games actually get started here. And if you've been living under the rock for the last 13 years, the Scott Fishbowl is the largest fantasy football, I guess we'll call it a league. It's the largest fantasy football league or tournament in the world and one of the best fundraisers in the world. Not fundraisers related to fantasy football or football one of the best fundraisers in the world. I've been privileged to be in the Scott Fishbowl since number seven. Uh, I was in number eight with a Scott Fishbowl original, uh, we'll call him a helper, Sal Lito, one of my personal oh, yeah. favorite people in the fantasy space. Just a great human and all-around guy. But um, we'll get into that in just a second. But before I talk about our YouTube and what's going on at Player Profile, or what's going on with DLF, because – you guys are growing your network as well. Always new shows, always ever forward. What's going on with you and your team? Yeah, things are great at DLF as well. Of course, continuing uh, dynasty content and coverage all year long, as we always do. Lots of articles, lots of tools on the site, podcast, and um, you know we're here on on YouTube. I've got to give a shout to Addison Hayes and our team at DLF, who uh, Addison's done a 
great job uh, growing our YouTube channel and uh, tons of content there to check out along with the written content and the tools that you can find on the site. Yeah, I'm a bit... Funny thing about Addison, Addison and I were friends going back to 2017 when I started doing this. We were at the Dynasty Football Factory together yep. uh, at AmazeHaze underscore. Uh, I know that one because I've been in several leagues with, with Addison. He's a great dude. You guys have got Shane from also formerly of DFF. Just a yep. ton of great people. And like we said on the Dynasty Warzone the other night with Jerry, subscribing to our podcast and subscribing to our YouTube channel is literally the freest way you can help any of us. You know, DLF, Dynasty Warzone, Player Profiler, your sub and your comments and your interaction with the show helps more than you think. You might think, hey, I'm just one listener. I'm just one person. It helps a ton because it creates exponential growth. Your interaction helps all of us so much. Ryan, would you agree? Absolutely agree. Totally. So there you go. So I'm going to start asking Ryan a fistful of questions about what's going on with Scott Fishbowl, what's going on with his Scott Fishbowl, what he's seeing, things that, that we should know. But real quick, we want to take just a quick time out to tell you about our friends at Sleeper. Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time. And more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues at Player Profiler? On Sleeper. Because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out Slaper picks, baby. Now, you know I love Kenny Pickett, right? Week one, who does he face? San Francisco. That's a bummer. So I'm going to be going less than on Kenny Pickett's projected yardage and on whichever quarterback is starting for San Francisco in week one. <laughs> Probably not Trey Lance. <laughs> but then, who do the Steelers face in week two? Ah, the Browns, right? We think the Browns are going to crank things up. So there, you can say, hey, Kenny Pickett, more than his projected passing yards, and you keep on correlating. Elijah Moore, more than. George Pickens, more than. And if you pick up to eight, that's how you 100x your payout on Sleeper. It's called the Hail Mary. So if you use promo code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match. Check out Sleeper's terms and conditions for details. These Sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy. Uh, there, there's your old buddy, the pod father, Ryan. Everybody loves Matt and everybody loves Sleeper because Sleeper's one of the, we'll, we'll call him like a, a friend of the fishbowl. Mm. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I, I've loved to see uh, the past couple of years how we've transitioned from MFL only. Uh, I, I, I'm an MFL guy, personally, old school guy, as you can see here. But uh, yeah, we, we share that. Um, but obviously love what sleeper has done for our industry as well. And to, to kind of mix and match and, and have, uh, you know, essentially half the league or actually a little bit more than half the SFB league on sleeper. And, and then the rest on MFL, it's, it's been a, a perfect match really. Yeah. And, and sleeper has been very good to the dynasty gamer in general. Yes. Because yep. I'm an MFL guy as well, but I respect and love what sleeper does. Not only, for us but for the community i mean to have a free hosting site for as many dynasty leagues as you want to that level and that quality is fantastic there's something about jerry makes fun of me he's like you you're living in the height of like 1998 technology but i i, I like certain aspects <laughs> of mfl i'm guilty i'm in the chipotle division myself but but we're five or six weeks away from what I like to consider the biggest redraft weekends of the year. And it's not just my opinion. It's, it's fact. It's that 
weekend before Labor Day and then the weekend before that. So those kind of the last two weekends of August, we're right away from that that peak time of redraft. So what do you think is the most important thing a commissioner can do to be successful as we creep up? Maybe a commissioner's listening. They're getting ready to start you know, getting the band back together, for lack of a better term. And what's something that you think is super important they can take with them? Yeah, there's there's a couple things, and and you kind of hit on one there, uh, maybe unintentionally, getting the band back together. Uh, you know, if you're talking about a home league, if you're talking about um, just kind of your typical redraft league, maybe you haven't even talked to talked to these guys or girls since uh, since last season wrapped up uh, several months ago. You got to make sure everybody's still in the game. First of all, that's that's number one. Do I have all the league mates, all the players that I need? You know, we were able to host, uh, kind of taking it back to SFB here, we were able to host uh, live drafts in, I believe, 18 cities this year, uh, which was just amazing. The downside was at almost every single one of them, we had no shows. We had people who signed up, who wanted to be in the league, and when the draft time actually came, they were not there. And we had to, uh, of course, had to quickly replace them and find someone else. So you don't want to be in that spot. You don't want to be ready to draft and be one uh, one man short, one person short, one team short. So step one, make sure you got everybody lined up. Step two, for the commissioner, it, it's the rules. You've got to have your rules uh, set, organized. You've got to be able to answer every single question that those managers, those players in your league might have. And, um, you know, I think COVID really, really kind of trained commissioners for this. You got to be ready for anything because, uh, you know, what we, what we dealt with and obviously the smallest scale possible compared to uh, all the other, uh, important things that were going on there over the past few years with that, but how it impacted the football world, the fantasy football world, and how commissioners had to react to that. And, you know, sometimes change rules or, or change their uh, league settings on a whim or on a week-to-week basis. I think that kind of trained us commissioners to be ready for almost anything. So try to envision any uh, realistic scenario and, and be ready for it and have that baked into your rules. Yeah, and this is – and Ryan's now the second guest. Remember, about a month or so ago, we had John McGlynn on. And, and and John has, and, and you can hit him up. He's at John McGlynn 75. You can hit him up. He's the guy with the 18 page commissioner's manifesto. <laughs> he's literally, he's literally got everything in there. And it doesn't mean that you have to adopt it or use all 18 pages, but you need to have something in writing, something that you can fall back on. Even last year, who among us right in the middle of the fantasy playoffs could have envisioned the DeMar Hamlin situation. Mm. And and, and 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 a lot of us had to react on the fly. I mean, we have a Patreon at the Dynasty War Zone. And at the time, I think we had 14 leagues. And luckily, you know, a handful of them, they weren't impacted, but a lot were. And we had some, we had some really good people, you know, decide to, hey, we're just gonna, we're gonna take our buy-in back and we're gonna donate the rest to to, to Hamlin's charity, and we're we're gonna do all of these things, but you never know what's gonna come up. So you, yep. you have to act in in my opinion in what's in the best interest of the league. And 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 that's what you guys are doing at the Scott Fishbowl right now. You're doing what's in the best interest of 3,300 people. Now I know it's the Scott Fishbowl, and I know guys like yourself, like Sal Lito, and I don't even want to attempt to thank and 
you know, give love to everybody who supports it. But what is your official role there with, with SFB? Because you've been there as long and, and helping as long and co-commissioning as, as long as I can remember being in the league. Yeah, I think this is my sixth year uh, helping out Scott with SFB. And, um, you know, he's, he started this league about uh, about 15 years ago, 13, 14, 15 years ago. And uh, it began as, as kind of a pro-am somewhat for – uh, the, the site that he was managing back then, uh, FF Oasis, and it, it, you know, it brought writers together with with what we call fans or just your your typical fantasy players, and uh, those people got to play together. I think the first, I think the first Scott Fishbowl was uh, uh, was forty eight players, I believe. It wasn't even called the Scott Fishbowl back then. It was the uh, FF Oasis. Uh, invitational, I believe. So it has grown obviously so much over the years. And it, it got to a point uh, uh, about six or seven years ago that, that Scott needed some help, brought me in. And I don't, I don't know. I don't guess I have an official title. Uh, right-hand man to Scott would be, would be the closest thing that I have. But um, my role has changed over the years as our team has grown, you know, just like any organization that grows as you bring pe people in, you're able to, um, you know, kind of spread out the, the, the jobs and the tasks that uh, everyone uh, really handles. But one of my main things is, is to me, part of one of the best jobs, uh, one of the best pieces of SFB, it's inviting people to actually play in the league. So sending out those invitations, uh, queuing uh, people is what we call it kind of on, on the back end, but, looking over the between 20 and 30,000 people that have signed up to participate in this thing and trying to narrow it down to uh, our number for the year. And, and this year that number was, uh, as you said, right around 3,300. So uh, that's, that's kind of my main job right now is looking over those people who have signed up and, and picking out the ones that are going to actually get to be in this thing. I'll I'll be honest. The 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 business that I'm in, because I, I one day maybe you know podcast hosting and, and fantasy football content will be my 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 primary career. But currently, my main job is like you know that's our busy season. To put it in common terms, that's our Black Friday. March yeah. through the end of May is our busy season. Then of course, as everybody knows, I, I roll right into baseball season with my son. So that's very busy. And, and obviously, that's rookie season. So for me, the three things that I'm the most passionate about in this world, you know, are going on at the same time. And I will be honest, speaking of Oasis, that's a great word, because when I get my Scott Fishbowl invite, I never feel entitled, guys. I've, I've been fortunate. I've been blessed to be in it this many years in a row. Every summer, somewhere between May and June, I get that invite. And no matter how stressful or how strapped for time I am, I, I literally sat back and I just reflect on what the Scott Fishbowl is and being in it. So if you've never been in, don't be upset because that's going to be my next question for Mr. McDowell. I know 3,300 is a lot of people and there's probably 15 times, 20 times, 100 times that that want to be in. But what are some of the things that you and Scott have created from mirror leagues to satellite leagues to this, that and the other? 
What are some of the things that you and Scott have put in place to give people the opportunity to potentially play in 14, 15? What can they do to increase their chances? Besides, and guys, don't bug them. They're human. They have families. They have lives. Not that they don't want to hear from you. They love you when they love it when you get your invite and you're like, yes, I'm back in the Scott Fish Bowl. Thank you, Scott Fish. Thank you, Ryan McDowell. They like that, but don't be poking them like, where's my invite? Where's my invite? Because, because you know, th- that's not cool. But how can they help their chances? Well, there's a lot of ways. Um, fortunately, that's another. As the league has grown, the uh, the pathways to get into the league uh, ha- have grown as well. So, of course, uh, once kind of SFB season starts, we're talking uh, typically, you know, somewhere around May, April, May. Um, lots of contests. You know, lot several podcasts uh, ar- around the industry are giving away spots. Uh, web different sites are giving away spots. We're running contests. That was one of the great things uh, that John Bosch and and uh, Russ Fisher did this year. Ran uh, basically daily contests during the week. They um, nearly every day as as we got close to the uh, kickoff of the league, they were uh, going live on on YouTube and and uh, doing doing different contests, races on on a couple websites. So. Um, if you were active in, in that community, if you were really trying to get a spot, you probably got in. Um, now if you just signed, signed up and kind of sat back and waited, uh, you know, you might be on the outside looking in right now, unfortunately. Uh, what you said though, is exactly what I would say. Stay positive. Um, you know, if you understand it can be frustrating, have that little, uh, you know, that feeling of FOMO that everybody else is. Uh, drafting their team, or you see that hashtag and you get upset. I, I mean, honestly, if, if we see people uh, that are reacting negatively, certainly that are, um, you know, yelling at us, sending Scott crazy DMs, th- those are those are uh, pretty easy decisions that those people are are not going to participate really ever. You know, unfortunately, we do have a banned list for people who have uh, have shown that they. Uh, are are not SFB worthy or not the the type of people we're looking for. And uh, luckily we're able to get some people off that list this year that uh, kind of mended some fences and things like that. But uh, ultimately, how can you get in? There's lots of ways, but I would say stay positive and be active in the community, uh, whether that's on Twitter, uh, in, in your league, whatever, whatever that looks like, uh, keep doing that. And, and of course, donating to Fantasy Cares does not hurt either. Yeah, and I will tell you something else. Just because you're not initially invited, um, I, I I love everybody's like, hey, Memphis, can you get me in the sky? I was like, guys, I'm happy to be in. You know, I don't have like a direct pathway to invite, you know, me and all all my 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 friends and loyal listeners. I wish I could, but you know, hang around. You know what? When the draft and, and all the invites are sent. That's when you can, you know, tag, you know, Ryan or Russ or John, let someone know, hey, if someone does not show up, I would be happy to be an alternate. I don't care if they make the first three picks and then goes to the league. I would be happy to help take over a team, participate in whatever means. Just because you don't get that initial invite does not mean that you can't help. So, I I, I found that too, because, you know, there are leagues, knock on wood, I've never been in a league where we've had to replace a, a GM. We've, we've, I've always been in leagues where everybody's shown up, everybody's drafted, everybody's drafted pretty, 
pretty regularly. Not saying that Scott needs to have an end of, uh, like an Indianapolis live draft, but I think me and uh, Dynasty Bro Vic would be more than happy to help coordinate one in 2024. Just throwing that out there because we could pull from you know lots of great cities and states around the Indianapolis area. But you know, I, I would make an just, appearance there. Oh, I mean, you're, you're not that far away. I mean, and, and if you're watching on YouTube, and first of all, you should be watching on YouTube. I'm wearing a Louisville Bats hat in uh, honor of of Ryan's uh, Kentucky <laughs> heritage. So I, I, I broke that. this one. I, hey, man, I, I broke this one out for you. But uh, my last question, we do have one more break we have to take. But before we get to that break, because I want to know about your team. I want to know about your strategy because, listen, I, I, we're all this way. We, we want to talk about the nice things and all the sweet stuff that Scott does for the industry because Scott is a sweetheart. But really, we want to tell you about our teams, how our draft is going. And Ryan and I are going to do that here in just a second. But before we get to that second break, what's new with the scoring this year? Because that's why I like MFL. Because MFL, uh, yeah. you go to play, you go to see that that's the hack. We talked about this on the Dynasty War Zone the other night. It's like everybody's, you know, showing these great wide receiver, wide receiver starts. And I'm like, now I've looked at the top 15 and there's not a wide receiver. Justin Jefferson was last year's 16th highest scoring player. And I'm just saying to myself, you know, I, I'm prioritizing a different way. But what's new with the scoring format in 2023? Yeah, that's one thing we do try to do each year is change up the scoring, even when uh, we have found and, and Scott has found a, a scoring system that that he really loves. Uh, we still try to change it up, at least in a small way. So two, uh, I would say, significant changes this year. One, no negative scoring. You don't lose points for interceptions, for fumbles, for, you know, last year we even lost, I believe it was last year, even lost points for uh, incomplete passes. So that is that's all gone. You're not getting negative points from from Daniel Jones or you know Zach Wilson or Sam Darnold, any of these uh, terrible quarterbacks. But um, Daniel Jones, not so terrible. I shouldn't probably shouldn't have grouped him in in with those guys. But anyway, uh, that's one thing. No negative points on uh, those those uh, negative plays that happen on the field. The other thing, and I think this is what you're referencing, Memphis kickers. Kicker scoring is. So important this year. I believe it's 3.3 points. 3.3 uh, for an extra point. Uh, so kicker scoring is going to be way up. This is really, I, I believe it's the only difference between the MFL and the sleeper leagues. Sleeper, you can start one kicker max. MFL, you can start, I believe, up to four kickers. So uh, you saw a lot of those MFL, uh, a lot of those folks in MFL leagues drafting kickers much earlier than uh, than folks on sleeper and drafting sometimes more than one of them. So the kicker ADP was very different between the two sites. And that, again, that's one of the low key reasons why I love MFL because they have the tabs across the top and, and one of them is player stats. And it's, I don't want to go as far as to say it's like Excel based, but it has an Excel type feel to it. Yeah. And I can simply go down right here and look at average points per game and, and who was the, the highest scoring players. And what I love about it is, is that it helped me find a lot of sleepers. I'll talk about some of the guys that I found, but yeah, I took uh, Justin Tucker. Now he's not, not, not the top kicker, but he's someone that I trust. And, and maybe I, I could have grabbed someone else because maybe I still had that negative, uh, that that missed field goal thing in the back. But, but you have to have a couple of kickers. Like if you're on MFL like I am, 
you, you've got to have a couple of kickers because kickers uh, can come in valuable, especially if you have New York Giants is, is, a, is a great example. I think the Colts could be an example, a team that could probably get in the red zone a lot, but you could just foresee a lot of drives stalling out. And they're not just getting extra points. They're getting, you know, a lot more field goal opportunities. So, you know, uh, San Francisco, uh, Robbie Gold. I don't know if he was still there, but, you know, he when he was looking at last year's players and points scored, he was up there. So yeah. kickers are great because so many leagues people hate kickers. Why do people hate kickers, right? I don't know. I mean, that's that's it's kind of uh, one of those narratives that it, that is as old as the game of football, right? That, you know, sometimes even their teammates uh, hate kickers. It seems like I remember the, the lonesome kicker song. You remember that one? Adam Sandler, I believe. Oh yeah. You know, it, it's, it's been a minute. Yeah. You know, kickers, yeah. Mark Schlereth, he has a great podcast. If you're looking for, you know, uh, another, another podcast to add, and he always says kickers aren't football players. Yeah. yeah I think that, I think that is the opinion of, of some people um, from a fantasy standpoint. I think, especially this time of the year. I mean, we, you know, you, you were saying about telling your, your baseball buddies about drafting and, you know, any of us who have talked about Scott Fishbowl over the past week or the past month have, have probably had that same conversation. Why are you drafting so early? It's, it's July. What are you doing? And uh, part of the volatility with that, it comes at that kicker position. You know, we see kicker injuries. We see kickers uh, who have been, uh, solid starters and, and reliable, even as recently as the year before, suddenly, uh, you know, miss, miss two or three field goals in a row, and now they're cut and replaced. So that's that's a little scary when you're investing in kickers, um, even with this uh, this scoring system that benefits them so much. Well, I was just looking again because I, the MFL, uh, there were at least three kickers last year that scored more points in this scoring format, this year's scoring format, then Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, and Chris Olave. Wow. That's the value of, of kickers. And, and that's why I drafted the way that I did. But I'm going to find out how Ryan drafted, what was his strategy. As soon as we just take, we're going to run one more time out. We're going to hear from the Podfather, and then we're going to talk about our draft. So uh, one second, and we'll be right back. Oh, baseball season's heating up. It's all about baseball right now. You know, eh, baseball, baseball. Yeah, baseball is the most exploitable of the sports, especially on Rival Fantasy, RivalFantasy.com. Go there now. They have the fantasy book where you can take over under a certain number of fantasy points, and they have challenges where you can take player X or player Y. I get great pleasure out of fading Mike Trout into oblivion. And then don't forget about fantasy bingo where you can say, okay, I think Acuna's going to steal a base today. I think that Freddie Freeman's going to have two hits based on the matchup. The lefty-righty and the pitcher-quality matchups that you could exploit are unlike any other sport. Go to RivalFantasy.com. Use the promo code PLAYER. They refund any losses up to 50 bucks, and they are a great supporter of Player Profiler. Everything we do, this show in particular, is only possible because of Rival. RivalFantasy.com. The promo code is PLAYER. Yeah, that's been my one connection to pro baseball this year has been Rival. Just, you know, checking out those props and a lot of fun over there. But uh, this is the part that... that People want to hear how are Ryan and, and even I approaching our Scott Fishbowl rosters? Now, first of all, uh, I, I need to know, Ryan, what what are you uh, what division are you in? What pick did you have? And uh, how are things going for you? 
Uh, well, my I, I actually ended up in the fastest uh, draft of the entire SFB. Uh, out, well, at least the fastest of the slow drafts, uh, the fastest non-live draft. So we started, uh, like everyone else, last Monday at 10 a.m., and we wrapped up uh, just a few days later on, on Thursday evening. So my draft has been done for a few days now. Um, I was in the, or I am in the uh, five guys division. I uh, love, love five guys. We, uh, in our, our five guys chat, we all challenged each other to go get a cheeseburger and some fries for lunch. And so I, I had that last week, uh, one day, you know, I, I was picking from the five spot and I chose my draft position, honestly, without much thought. Uh, I didn't think I wanted a top two or three pick this year. Uh, so somewhere in the middle worked for me, ended up at five and, um, actually chose my draft spot before we had settled on scoring. So, you know, you'll remember the, uh, when that scoring announcement came down, it was like Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, the awakening of Travis Kelsey here. Everybody was talking about where Travis Kelsey would go in SFB drafts. And that just pushed, you know, pushed another good player down the board. So I think most people at that 1.05 spot where I was sitting we're deciding between Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow. Um, so I, I just decided to mix it up. And, you know, another piece of the scoring is points per carry. Every single time a, a player runs the ball, you get, uh, I believe it's a quarter of a point for that, uh, you know, regardless of the yards. I went with Justin Fields at 1.05. Uh, like I said, mixing it up a little certainly was a reach based on ADP. He fell to nine or 10 in most leagues fell to the second round in a few leagues as well, but I'm okay with that. I uh, actually got to uh, trade for Justin Fields in the dynasty league during the live Cincinnati draft. So I was at the live Cincinnati SFB draft, saw my buddy terminal Kennedy. Uh, if you play in a dynasty league, you probably know TK and uh, we, we made a trade right there. I traded for Justin Fields and then later selected Justin Fields. All right, I, I I don't hate it. So last year in the in this year's scoring format, he was the tenth highest scoring player. Period, yeah. and 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 that's with missing two games. And you know, obviously, he was playing partially injured. In another, um, I had the sixth spot. Now I'm in the Chipotle division. Uh, lo- love me some five guys, but I chose Chipotle because I, I wanted the MFL side. Jerry. My co-host on the Dynasty Warzone, he chose he chose Moe's Southwest Grill. So we have like a burrito battle uh, <laughs> nice. on the Dynasty Warzone. I chose from the sixth spot, and I went Justin Herbert. Now, yeah. again, another little feature I love of MFL is that I can click back to the 2021 year. I knew Justin Herbert's scoring was way down compared to his first two years in the league. I think he jumps back up. Using the same scoring format in 2021, he would have been the second overall scoring player. Now, I was really trying to, to build a stack, but I missed out on him. In, I, was, I, was, I was missing out on Austin Eckler. I wanted to go like an Eckler, Keenan Allen mm-hmm. type stack because nice. if, if you're going to win one of these things, would you agree that you have to have like – you almost got to have like uh, underdog – you know, was like what's the big dog? The big dog tournament, the three million dollar yeah. one. Or what, you you got to have that kind of scoring. Now, did you stack anybody with Fields, or did you do that with your QB two? What were some of your other selections? Yeah, I did. I did not. I didn't get DJ Moore. I didn't get Cole Komet. I I, I think I did get um, 
Darnell Mooney, you know, late, late in the draft. So I don't know if I would even consider that a stack, but um, I, I did pick Mooney at least with, with Justin Fields in mind. Um, so after Fields, I, you know, coming into the draft, I was set that I was going to take Anthony Richardson in the second round. That was the 2.08 pick for me. Um, his ADP was lower than that. I had just gone the previous day to the Cincinnati drafts and he had fallen to that spot or later, uh, I believe in all three of the drafts we hosted there in Cincinnati. So I felt like Anthony Richardson, the Colts rookie was going to be my second pick. Uh, he was not, he, he got drafted before it got back to me. So seeing him fall to the fourth round and in some of these drafts really, really stung. But the difference from draft to draft is one of the, you know, it's one of the cool parts about SFB. It can be, can be frustrating when it happens that way, but it's, it's also kind of makes it interesting. Uh, So I ended up taking Josh Jacobs in the second round. Um, Love him this year. Don't not, not really scared of, of the holdout. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Tua Tungavaloa was my third round pick and my QB two. So I went with two quarterbacks and a running back in the first three before I started hammering some pass catchers. Yeah, I, I did kind of the same. So I went Stefan Diggs because I, I wanted to get an elite, an elite pass catcher, but I, I didn't want to go crazy. I I was happy to get Stefan Diggs where where I got him. I mean, he's averaged about 160 targets, like like 158 there in that number the last three years in Buffalo. And and he wants a larger role of the offense. I mean, is he going to play quarterback too? But give me anyone who's going to get 10 targets a game. And then I, I double-tapped running back. I got Tony Pollard in the third round. Now nice. he's already signed his his franchise tag. And I'm, I'm again, I'm just using last year's points scored in this 2023 format. You know, he's a top 12 player. And, and, and I, I, I love that. I think he's going to get just a monster workload. I mean, they could run him into the ground. They could franchise him and, and let him go do his own thing. And then I got my guy. Uh, and I guess it ends up becoming like a, a stack. I ended up getting Najee Harris. He mm-hmm. was one of the guys that I wrote up for the player profiler, world famous in quotations draft kit, you know, <laughs> did the little video guy. And, and that was my guy. Najee Harris is my guy. And, and a couple of rounds later, I got Kenny Pickett as, as my second QB. The pod father's huge on Kenny Pickett. And then I wound up with like almost like a huge Pittsburgh stack because I got Deontay Johnson. So that ended up being my stack. I couldn't stack any of my of my chargers to go with with Justin Herbert. So that stung. But we've heard about your running backs and your and your quarterbacks. Who are your wide receivers? Did you get anyone uh, big name? Anyone that you really love there? Yeah, I love Chris Olave. I took him in the fourth round. Um, as I said, it hammered uh, pass catchers, wide receivers, and and tight ends. So I, I think I went five in a row here: Olave, Goddard. Debo Samuel, Drake London, and Christian Kirk. So uh, that after eight rounds, that gave me uh, one running back, one tight end, couple quarterbacks, and and the rest were uh, wide receivers. And, and I did something similar. And then you know, they say that I tell my son this that you know you're going to wind up being the the accumulation of like the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. And I've spent a lot of time, you know, and since Jerry and I joined, you know, started co-streaming the Dynasty Warzone on the Player Profiler YouTube and, and podcast channel. You know, I've spent a lot of lot more time with Theo Grimminger and, you know, the yeah. Podfather, Alan Seslowski. And I saw it in this draft because I took Tony Pollard. That's a Podfather guy. 
I took Rashad White. That's a pod father guy. I took DK Metcalf. Um, De- Deontay Johnson was one of mine, but I, I, I saw some some impact of, of those around me. I, went, I, I have three wide receivers. You have to start three wide receivers. I went with Diggs, I mentioned earlier, Deontay Johnson, and DK Metcalf. Because I find, kind of feel like, you know, DK Metcalf's got that week winning, you know, upside mm-hmm. every single yeah. week. And then, and then I started grabbing young guys with upside. Like you grabbed Olave. I took cheap Rashid Shahid. You know, I took Sky Moore. I have no idea if it's going to be Rishi Rice or who knows who else besides Travis Kelsey and right. Kansas City. But 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 I want to share. And then I took Marvin Mims. So you know, th- that's my my wide receiver room. Um, who's your tight end? I didn't. Did I hear a tight end? Yeah, I got Goddard. Oh, Goddard. Uh, I, I love yeah, Goddard. I got, and then I uh, got Chig Okonkwo later. So. You know, maybe maybe doesn't look quite as good today as it did last week, but uh, that's that's okay. I still still like him. Um, man, you talk about young players with upside. So I took Josh Jacobs there in the second round. I drafted five other running backs, and they were all rookies. So I have six total running backs: Josh Jacobs and five rookies. Someone tweeted that my uh, my dynasty was showing, and that's certainly is the case. I took Marvin Mims as well. I took Josh Downs also. So yeah, I've, I've got a dynasty team here in the SFB. Maybe, maybe that's why I never do so well, but Hey, that's all right. We'll see. I'll, did, I'll did make you, the playoffs and, and that'll kind of be how it goes. Did you get Devon a chain? Of course. Got okay, a chain. There's a good odds. The odds were if you have five, <laughs> so that's one of my guys as well. I'm, I'm thinking pass catchers. This, this, I, I know the carries are important, yeah, but but it really, if you just look at, like I said, you look at last year's performers at the running back position in this format, it really favored. I mean, again, you get points for for rushing the ball, but it really seemed to favor some some pass catching upside for the running back. So I, I steered into that as well. And but but you answered one of my questions. Do you feel like you can win it or or, or make a run? Well, I mean, you referenced like the underdog tournaments, um, and and this is obviously not not as large as as those tournaments. Uh, but I, I do think you're right. You got to have the same mentality that you need to differentiate your team somewhat. Uh, I mean, if you're just drafting by ADP, we're talking about well over a hundred uh, leagues, well over well over two hundred leagues that. Uh, you're going to end up with a team very similar to someone else. So you've got to mix it up a little bit. Um, you've got to stay active in, in, you know, in the league as far as doing waivers. I know people hate doing waivers, but that's, that's part of it. Um, so I don't think anybody, you know, if they're being honest, I don't think anybody can say, yeah, I'm going to win this thing. Uh, but I'm, I pride myself as being one of the most active managers in every league I'm in. So I'm going to find some guys on the waiver wire. Um, we see rookie running backs every single year produce um, often at a, at a surprising rate. So if I can get one good starter out of these five, I'll be happy. Uh, by the way, that was Charbonnet, A-Chain, Kendra Miller, Roshan Johnson, and Tajay Spears. So um I think uh, I think all five of those guys will play, and I think three of them could end up being starters. Honestly, well, I, I'm with you on Devon A. Chain. As long as he fades Dalvin Cook, he's a, he's in a really good spot yeah. because, as like a guy, I like Raheem Mostert. Jeff Wilson seems to be an okay dude, but I think Miami wants to wear you out with speed and really create mismatches with speed. And I think that's why Devon A. Chain's there. And I think he's going to have weak winning, week upside. My tight end, um, 
I missed out on the big run of the big names. So I just chased targets. You know, I, I did a little uh, little mini video for Player Profiler's YouTube channel um, about, I called them on-target dynasty guys. And one of my guys in, in a tight end premium league this year is Tyler Higby. Yep. You know, people people don't realize Tyler Higby had 108 targets last year. He had more total targets and more targets per game last year than George Kittle. I bring in the, the, the targets per game because... You know, it's you know, well, George Kittle doesn't play all the games because that's kind of what George Kittle does. It doesn't matter as long as he's there in the fantasy playoffs. I'm I'm all about it, George. Keep doing what you do, kid. But yeah, Tyler Higby, tremendous upside in this format, given that that's the tight end premium. And it's just him and Cooper Cup. I mean, I'm sure Puka Nakua or Ben Skaronic or Tutu Atwell or Van Jeff, someone's gonna else is gonna chip in. But I know he's gonna get his targets and 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 I'm trying to find some more uh, of that sneaky value. At the tight end position, uh, anything else on, on Scott Fishbowl there, Mister McDowell? Um, no, I think that's it. I, I think you made great points on, on Tyler Higby there, and um, you know, again with the tight end scoring, it's been uh, such a uh, such a challenge to find those tight ends. And you're right after after Cooper Cup, uh, Higby has you know he's got to be the favorite right now to be second on that team in in targets. So I. I think that was a, a a great player to target, uh, you know, once you got past that uh, past that group of tight end ones that we're projecting. Well, I, I want to throw two more out there for the listeners that stuck around toward the end. And if you're still drafting Scott Fishbowl, as long as you're not in the Chipotle League, feel free to go after either of these guys. Actually, one of them I just got with my 17th pick is Trey McBride. You know, people don't uh, realize that that, that 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 in that that in this format last year, Zach Ertz was scoring about 21 points per game, and he tore both an ACL and an MCL. And he's 33 years old, and he tore it like right around Halloween, give or take. I don't know that he's going to come back, and I don't know that they really care if he does because right. he he's a veteran, and I don't think Kyler's going to be running around a bunch because he's coming off of an ACL of his own. And who stands to benefit? Don't you want to see if you drafted a guy in the second round? Don't you want to see if he's your tight end of the future? Are you in a hurry to get Zach Ertz back out there? Are you, If you're Zach Ertz, are you in a hurry to get back out there to play for a team that could be drafting first overall next year? So I, I love Trey McBride. Here's my sneaky one. And I, I, I liked Chig before the, the DeAndre Hopkins come in and nuked his, his value uh, is, is Kate Otten. Kate Otten had, and I didn't realize this until, again, I did that target research. He had 65 targets last year, and Cameron Brate's gone. And this team's going to be bad, and they're going to be passing a bunch. Check down City. I think if we look back this time next year, and Kate Otten had around 85 to 100 targets, I'm not going to be surprised. So I, I, I put that out there, given the format. Where are you at on Otten? Anything on him? Yeah, I like him. Uh, one of my... Uh co-workers over at DLF, one of my co-hosts on the DLF podcast, Matt Price, has done some great research uh, into tight ends and essentially has found that uh, to really be a difference-making tight end, you need to be a top two target on your team. So I think that's one thing that had so many people, myself included, chasing Chigo Conquo, both in uh, uh, both in Dynasty and in uh, redraft, whether it's SFB or, or underdog drafts, over these, you know, these past few weeks. Um, and obviously his situation has changed, but you talk about Trey McBride. I think there's a path where he's the second leading target on that team. And, and certainly 
that that may not be their opportunity may not be there for Kate Otten. Uh, but again, they're going to be bad. I think he's probably the third option right now behind the, the, the two stars there and Evans and Godwin. Um, so I, I think that's kind of a criteria that you look at once you get past the top 10, top 12, and, you know, uh, Higby, the name you mentioned earlier fits that he could be number two. And, uh, as I said, so could, so could Trey McBride. Well, I, I don't want to say it because you're the guest and, 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 you know, get you out of here feeling good, but I actually feel better about a Conquo than I do with Burks. I can say as long as, um, I can think back, there has always seemed to be a somewhat fantasy relevant tight end in Tennessee. And that predates Arthur Smith. It's been that way since Arthur Smith has has left. You know, Austin Hooper had moments last year, and then Chig kind of came in at the end and took over, and they let Austin Hooper leave. I, I truly believe that the 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 saddest GMs tied to the Tennessee offense are going to be those with Trailer Burks. I don't think Mike Vrabel ever really liked him. Go back and just search on Twitter, Mike Vrabel. Yeah. trailing Burks and go back to some of those press conferences, he didn't mince too many words. And, and if we look back this time next year and Hopkins had the most targets and Aconquo had the second most, I'm going to be 0.0% you know, shocked by that. I think he he is much more uh, likely to avoid the, the Hopkins issue than Burks. Where are you at on Burks? And then I'll get you out of here. I've got some concerns as well. Um, I mean, you're right. They, I mean, Vrabel was, was on the record too about, you know, we are not trading AJ Brown. And of course, come, come draft night, we know how that worked out. And um, it's, it's not always the coach's decision. Uh, In fact, in most cases it's not. So uh, whether that pick was forced on him or or they just felt that massive hole after the AJ Brown trade. um, I don't know. I don't know how you can look at his first year. uh, The, the injuries, the slow start, uh, the overall uh, inefficiency and, and really feel good moving forward. He's, he's still got some dynasty value, but he's he's a hard buy for me right now. Yeah, we did that on the Dynasty War Zone on Sunday, or if you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, it was on the Wednesday Dynasty War Zone. We talked about dynasty breakouts or dynasty fakeouts, and we did a, a rookie that we're concerned with that are not going to break out, a second-year guy and a third-year guy. Now, we, we kind of covered Burks and, and the Tennessee situation due to the DeAndre Hopkins news, but yeah, he, he was definitely one of my concerns. And then we had three others apiece, so there's at least eight guys that we talked about on the last Dynasty War Zone. But Ryan, man, it was great catching up with you. It's, it's been too long. We've we got to try to do this more regularly, but we're both so busy, and you're busy with the team over at DLF. Again, what's going on with you guys? Draft kit, YouTube channel. What do you need us to know about the DLF, right? Oh, and Locked On Dynasty. Yeah, no, we're just uh, just continuing to churn out Dynasty content, obviously getting ready for the regular season. Can't wait for that to get here. So uh, check out uh, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Check out uh, DLF on YouTube and, and all the podcasts we have on the DLF Podcast Network. And then, yeah, as you said, I also have the Locked On Dynasty podcast as well. So certainly appreciate uh, your support in, in all of those spots. Yeah. Just search Ryan McDowell. He's on Twitter at Ryan MC 23. There's links and like to everything again, subscribe. If you love it, turn the notifications on. If you don't don't, but don't unsubscribe. We need your download. We need your support because we want to keep putting out great fantasy and, and content 
Ryan, man, I, I love what you do in the industry. This is always a cheap way to entertain great people supporting us, listening to these podcasts, but a great way for me to catch up with an old friend here in the industry. I hope you have a great season, man, and uh, we'll get you out of here. So on behalf of Ryan, I am Memphis. Here at the Kiss the Ring, we want to thank the folks at Trophy Smack. Be sure to check out trophysmack.com forward slash underworld. Uh, if you spend over a hundred bucks, now it's not ninety nine ninety nine. It has to be a hundred before tax, before shipping. You can get that bling ring, that stunner ring. Check them out. Trophysmack.com forward slash underworld. Go to Trophy Smack. Support those that support us. I'll be back in two weeks talking more commissioning and fantasy football. Thanks for tuning in, guys.